Today, I wanted to talk about one of the best pound for pound players high school basketball has ever seen. Joe had this player as his fifth best high school mixtape he has ever watched, and I had it as an honorable mention for my top five. Let's talk about Akil Carr and where he is now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Strictly B-Ball podcast. I'm Nolan alongside my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are we doing? I'm doing amazing. NBA season is is pretty much underway now, so I'm feeling good about that. And uh, it's a pretty big week. Pretty big week for you. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I just turned 21. Um, 21st birthday, had my first margarita. It was really good. Um, but yeah, got to spend a lot of time with friends and family. But I am thrilled to talk about the story that I have for you today. We're going to be doing a Where Are They Now on a Keel car. It should be undisputed at this point. He's a high school legend. Um, Joe had this person. Joe had a Keel car as his his fifth, your fifth, um, out of all the high school mixtapes. This was the fifth best yep. one you said. This was an honorable mention for me. Um, and you can make the argument that he's the best pound for pound high school player ever. And you can, you can make the argument that he's one of the best pound-for-pound pound basketball players ever. That might be a reach. It might, he's 5'6". Okay. He yeah. is 5'6", is and you look at all the, all the other people that are, all the other players that are short. I mean, you know, six foot is kind of a huge height difference, but yeah. that might be a little bit of a stretch. Oh, I, you, Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Spud Bogues, Webb. Spud Webb, but I mean, you kind of, there's only a no, few No, that's a fair point. It yeah. is a fair point. Okay. So, you know, breaking down his highlights, he's the man was just a walking highlight reel. Like he had it all. Well, not had it all, but he was a point guard who, who stood at just five, six, like I mentioned. Um, and he had some of the quickest handles you ever see. You'll ever see. He was super flashy, um, crazy assist, crazy passing ability as well. And he showcased that in all of his highlights. Um, and he actually had a 48 inch vertical. The, the kid had Jeez. bounce. He could, he could dunk pretty well. 48. I don't know. If, I don't know if he was throwing down like crazy dunks. I didn't see anything too special in his mixtape. But I he think had a 48 inches is the is the record at the NBA draft combine. Really? So, yeah. Uh, Keon Johnson just set that this year. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. He yeah. Would, he would have the record. He would have the record. But nonetheless, I mean, it's a 5'6 player that's able to dunk. He's able to throw it down. So he's super athletic as well. Um, and I'm actually going to have you guess. With with all our where they nows or the, or the players that sort of haven't panned out, um, you don't see a lot of stats or high school stats. You just see the mixtape itself. So yep. I want you to guess... How many points do you think he averaged in high school? We'll say his senior stats. Okay. I'm, because you see the highlights, but you don't necessarily know how like how many points or what they average. I feel like it's a lot just because yeah. you're asking me. Yeah. I know like it's really hard to guess because it depends on like who his teammates are and stuff like that. Because I know Patrick Beverly averaged 38 points in high school. Yeah. So you never know, even if the guy like Pat Bev, who is in the NBA, don't really see him as an offensive player. I'll say 30 points per game. I could see that. That was a really good guess. His senior season, he averaged 31 points per game. Okay. Six assists per game. But this is this this might be the most impressive out of all of them. Five steals per game. He averaged five steals per game. That's that's incredible. Um, and his nickname was the Crime Stopper. He's nicknamed the Crime Stopper. His coach said the crime in East Baltimore probably goes down during our games. That's how much wow. hype was around him. He was that is a very unique. It is a that very is interesting. It oh. is a very unique nickname. And yeah, like I said, the reason why he got that nickname is because so many people in East Baltimore would come to the games and watch him, given his popularity and how good of a player he was, that the crime probably went down. That's not a fact or anything. Um, 
And ironically, I wanted to mention a few things before we get into where he actually is now. I wanted to mention that ironically, he was arrested for domestic assault charge and put in jail on a, a $50,000 bond. So that's Sweet. kind of ironic. I just thought it was funny to mention. He's too bad. He's called the crime stopper, but then he was arrested for a crime. Anyways, we're moving on. So he actually played another fun fact about him in high school. He played in a tournament in Italy, and this was during his junior year. And it was a junior international U.S. team. He led them to a gold medal, averaging 40 points per game. Wow. He averaged 40 points per game in this tournament in Italy. And as a result, he was offered a $750,000 contract to play for an Italian team. And keep in mind, he's a junior in high school. He hasn't graduated high school. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the biggest contract, um, a European contract offered to a player that has not graduated high school. He's offered wow. $750,000. This is before the days of overtime elite nowadays. Yes. Him, him. That is insane because... This, this, keep in mind, this was around... This was the early 10s. I believe it was 2011 or 2012. A keel car. Around that. A five foot six high school player yep. was offered $750,000. Based off of his tournament performance. When he, he should averaged. have dropped everything and taken that. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that a little bit more because, I mean, you don't know where he is now. You don't really know. Besides high school, no. right? I have no, I have no idea where he is now uh-huh. because I mean, we've done a lot of them and this is one of the guys we've talked about of where they now video on, yep. but I have not researched it at all. So mm-hmm. hearing that he, I mean, I guess turned down a $750,000 contract. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Let's get straight into it. So that's a little bit where of, where's he at now that, yep. We're going to get into where he's now. I just wanted to give some quick little facts or little fun facts about him. So he ended up deciding to not, well, obviously he turned down that contract that he was a junior in high school. He turned it down to return to college or excuse me, to return to high school ball. Yep. Um, and he ended, up, he ended up deciding not to play in college and just go straight playing professionally. He was committed, verbally committed to Seton Hall. You know, he could have played D1 okay. ball, um, but he decided to just start playing professionally. And he, I actually don't know if he did or not, but he wanted to play, he played in China or wanted to play in China. That's what that's where the, that's where the direction of his career was headed. Okay. Um, but then he actually was drafted by the Delaware 87ers in the third round of the 2013 D-League draft. Um, really? He, yeah, he was. So he actually was in the D-League. Well, now it's the G-League, but he yep. was in the D-League for a little bit. Um, and he ended up being released um, in 2014. And this was after he didn't get as much playing time as he wanted. Um, it was kind of like, I feel like it was like a mutual agreement. But the reason why they parted ways is because... He didn't get enough playing time, but in 14 minutes, in 14 minutes a game, he averaged 11 and two. And I, I believe that was like nine games, but he was not getting a lot of playing time, but he was still playing. That's good a pretty good, uh, per 36 scoring. number. Oh, it is a very good per 36 stor- scoring, um, number. But then shortly after this, he actually, um, announced that he was going to be in the 2014 NBA draft. Sadly, he went undrafted and then ended up playing, um, professionally in Canada, the Canadian National Basketball League for the St. John Millrats. Um, pretty interesting team right? <laughs> team name. Um, but he averaged 13-3 and three for the Rats. And then he ended up being released by them. And this was, um, I feel it, I don't, I don't know exactly why he was released, but I do want to mention that he had two suspensions. Yep. Um, and this was like on the, on the court kind of like anger. Um, he kind of had some like instances um, that were not handled in a professional manner on the court, which kind of raised the concern of the yeah. team. And they just it seems like a common theme. Yeah, kind of common theme. You I know, mean, you he was averaging 13 points a game. You don't usually get released. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. And I mean, you know, he's still a young guy. Like if you're averaging 13 and three, I don't know how much 
minutes he was playing per game, but that's still pretty solid. I have no idea what the competition is like in the Canadian basketball. League, I have though. no idea either. I know uh, the D League's good though. I know Royce White is a is a former Canadian League MVP. That's the only thing I know about the Canadian League. I I'm willing to bet the D League or the G League well, now is a much well. Yeah, I think it. I think the Canadian League is probably below China and Euro League. Obviously, the G League. I think it's probably probably a small step down from those leagues. Yeah, I would assume so. And then after this, he went under the radar for around two years. So he parted ways with the um, Canadian National Basketball League, the St. John Mill Rats. And then he went under the radar for around two years. And then he signed with the Baltimore Hawks of the ABA. Joe and I just got enlightened about the ABA. Yep. Um, It's a semi-professional league. Um, I don't really know too much about the league, but it's not. Because, I mean, everyone thinks about the ABA. They think about Julius Irving and those guys. Yeah. Um, so the league I before honestly, was the NBA. Yeah. But the, well, no, the, before they merged, it wasn't before the they NBA. merged. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. But yeah, it's definitely the ABA now or what it is now is nowhere near what it, what well, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a semi-professional league. So then after this, he parted, it's, just, it's just going down. It just keeps going. Like he keeps <laughs> just switching the leagues he's playing in, switching the teams. But after this, I have to read this off. He signed with the Gurn university sky of the Cypret North league a year after. So it was just kind of random. I don't even know if it's a professional team or not, but he did play organized basketball for a team. Um, I couldn't find too much information on that. I have no idea what this league is. The what? The uh, journey university sky of the Cypret North league. What is that? I have no idea. I he did play organized ball right after. Organized uh, ball could be like pick up basketball. It could be, <laughs> but I yeah, it's definitely. I thought it was worth mentioning that. But That's, he played with them. I don't know how much points he averaged. There's not a lot of information about it. Yeah, I, but I mean, yeah, it was on Wikipedia. So, and then he, after this, he signed again with the Baltimore Hawks in 2019. This was a year after. Okay, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> The show goes on! And then he played with them for a little bit. Um, he, he actually played pretty well for them. I think he had a 60-point game or whatever, which was the most in ABA history or the most in the team, the franchise, the Baltimore Hawks. The new Hawks ABA history. team? Or the, the new ABA. Started in like 2000 or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So then after this, that's kind of like the last we've sort of seen of him playing organized ball. If you go on like Ball is Life's YouTube channel or probably their Instagram as well, you'll see like, the occasional, oh, Akil Carr playing someone 1v1. Yeah. I've seen Akil Carr. He still kind of has that popularity. I he sells that popularity. They kind of like, you know, his name is so recognizable yep. in the basketball community where they kind of utilize that. He's playing against pro ballers. Like, okay, like this is this is good for, good footage for us. But he's still competing with them and still playing. And he's a well. guy that I feel like with his scoring ability, I mean, he dropped 60 in an ABA game. Yeah. He's probably not very good and he's probably not good enough to play in like obviously international anymore overseas professional but the dude can still drop buckets anywhere he goes yep you know and what i'm then, saying yeah for sure and then on his instagram he always hints like he'll get back like he's about to get back or his bounce back is coming back soon he'll like hint at that or whatever you know what i think he should have done from the time he left the d-league he should have just gone to the harlem, harlem globetrotters that that's a very interesting point he's he's five six and has a 48-inch vertical. It's pretty entertaining to watch. I think he should have gone to the Globetrotters. He could have made money there. He could have made a good amount of money. Akil Carr, if you're watching this, 
you sign with the Harlem Globetrotters. Joe put you on. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, your, but, that's your new uh, Yeah, after idea. I was after I was going through his Instagram, um, you know, I was just trying to get more information. Because, so is like, that it? That's the last, like, we've kind of heard of him. Okay. Um, but, like, I looked on his Instagram, and he's, like, he, he's just, like, posting whatever. And he apparently is gifting his fans with a documentary called The Crime Stopper. And it's just basically on his, like, basketball career, his, like, life journey. Um, but that was, like, his most recent post, actually. So this is pretty recent. There's going to be a documentary on him and his sort of basketball Do you know journey. When, when it comes out? I don't. I don't even think he put a set date on it. But mm-hmm. I know it's in the works, and it should be coming out soon. Um, but, yeah, that's basically it. That's where he is now. You know, he's not playing any really organized ball or doing anything in that sense. Um, but hopefully he gets back to it. The documentary could be pretty cool, um, but he definitely still has a lot of talent in him as displayed in the YouTube videos that Balls Life posted. Like he's still an elite hooper. And I feel like Globetrotters, that'd be sick. Yeah. You know, he could play in some some league. He, you know, he could probably go back to the ABA um, or maybe some other international league playing yeah. professionally. I feel like he has that skill within him. So very interesting basketball path for a player. You know, he was in the D League and then he played per and then he played he was in the D League and then he played let me let me make sure I'm getting everything correct. He's in the D League, then he played in Canada, then he played in the ABA, then he played for some random team, and then back in the ABA. What are your thoughts on his crazy uh basketball pass? I mean, the thing that jumps out to me is I just can't get over the fact that he was offered seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a high school kid. Yes. Like you a, said, that at the time a junior in high school. At the time, so what year was that? I don't even really remember, but at the time, tens, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, like you said, that was the biggest contract at the time ever offered to a high school player. And it was a key high school player that hasn't graduated. Yeah. A current high school player. Yeah. That's crazy because I bet, like you said, D league and then Canadian league, whatever league you said after that, ABA, I don't think he probably made $750,000 in his entire basketball career. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to my second question. Like, what do you think would happen? Like, how would the direction of his basketball career change if he accepted the $750,000 contract to play for an Italian team? I mean, because I could have played, he could have just been done after that contract. And I mean, I don't think he would have found any more success than he, than he did because it, he got chances to play in good leagues like the D League and the Canadian League, which are just like cup. Like he just kept taking steps down, never proved that he belonged. But he would have a lot more money. I feel like it was. I I I don't know how much it was, but I think it was a one year contract. A one year contract, dude. That's don't like, don't quote me on that. But if he accepts that, keep in mind you you could say like he's done like in the one year and he's made as much money as he has in his entirety of his basketball career. But you accept that. He was like 17, 18. I don't even know how old he was at the time. But even if he underperforms, like they still had him under contract. He's, if he's making contribution to the, to the team, they're going to bring him back because he's so young and they've seen what he did. Like what he, he averaged 40 points per game in a tournament as a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. A very competitive tournament brought the junior international U.S. team to a gold medal. And that's ultimately what they why they offered him this this massive contract. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention the domestic assault charge, which, you know, like he was put in jail for that bond. Like, obviously, I feel like, you know, professional teams or colleges, like, look at that, like, okay, he has this on his on his record. That happened after 
after he was in Italy. So he would have, and I feel like that after that, you kind of see like, you know, he was hot headed on the court. He had yep. specific suspensions or whatnot. Maybe, you know, maybe that would like prevent him from being that sort of a, having that aggression on the court. And then ultimately that, that crime that happened or the assault. Yeah. I mean, you never, I guess you never know. I mean, that team clearly thought a lot of him giving him $750,000. So maybe that, would have been his chance to just be the guy and he would have gotten a lot of support. But I mean, also putting another $750,000 in his hands, who knows what that could have caused like a high school kid with $750,000. It's true. You never know. But I mean, I think it's just kind of tragic. Like he lost out on a lot of money. I mean, we talk about guys like Dennis Schroeder losing out on money and and stuff like that, but he probably like, he lost out on everything like he could have made. Like he doesn't have millions already in the bank. He turned, I want to know why he turned that down. That is really intriguing to me. Yeah. Hmm. Cause it's not like I would, at first when you said that, I was like, Oh, it's probably cause he had this NBA dream and he didn't want to go overseas, but you can still go overseas and then yeah. still pursue an NBA dream. Yeah. I have no idea. That's interesting. Yeah, he didn't want to leave East Baltimore, I guess. He did not want to leave. He was East the crime Baltimore. stopper. He's he the crime stop stopper. He had to make sure that he, you know, he was the enforcer of Baltimore. Like he had more of an impact than the police officers there. No, obviously <laughs> not. But obviously Baltimore, I feel like had a special play in his heart. And he had that popularity though. He Actually, had the popularity yeah. in Baltimore. He played for the Baltimore Hawks of the ABA. So he like returned home to play in Baltimore. Um, so I feel like Bal- I feel That's, like his hometown that could definitely be a huge... had a special play, place in his heart. Yep. And that also could play a huge thing because we all know who he is because he was so popular with his mixtapes. Yeah. He was putting on a show. He had balls life in every single one of his games. He would have left that and nobody would have been on his games. There would have been, there would have been 50 people in the gym in some professional league in Italy. Maybe, I don't know what exactly team he would have been on, but he was, I guess, giving up a lot and he chose the popularity and being on Ball's life and maybe an NBA dream over 750,000. That's really, that's too bad. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how different. I want to know, I wonder how much he made though, just kind of like off his popularity. I feel like nowadays, if that, if he, I know it wasn't long ago, but like if that exact type of mixtape was coming out right now and he had that hype, he probably would have made more money, like doing social media stuff and yeah. like, the Mikey Williams of the world making yeah. a ton of money now with like Mikey signed like a $1 million NIL deal and stuff like that. So I guess, I don't know. I wonder how much he made, but yeah, that, that is too bad mm-hmm. for sure. And then kind of, I mentioned it earlier on, like the, it was like one of the first things I mentioned the argument that he, you could say he's the best pound for pound high school basketball player. You could say that you could try to make, you could make that argument. So who do you think is the best pound-for-pound player in NBA history? You mentioned Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues. You think Muggsy Bogues. Easy. Wait, no. I mean, that's the most extreme example, but the true answer is Allen Iverson. That's who I was going to say, too. Allen Iverson. Yeah. No, yeah. There's some some definite names that come to mind for me, and we mentioned some two very big ones. Like, Muggsy Bogues is an extreme case. Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Spud Webb. Yep. Nate Robinson. Yeah. And then that's kind of, that's kind of, those are the only ones that really come to mind. And then obviously, you know, Allen Iverson and Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. 
I would say I said Muggsy Bogues just because it's hard to compare Allen Iverson to Muggsy Bogues. But the fact that Muggsy was 5'3". Remember, we saw him at All-Star Weekend. Remember that? We saw him like sitting. He was at like some booth. Did you see that? (laughs) I don't think I did. I wish I did. And he is just like, you can picture someone being 5'3". But the fact that he... I mean, we. I saw him standing up, and it's it's ridiculous. He's so short. I mean, it's, I looked at him and I was like, "That dude played in the NBA." And I think, I mean, some people say like, and I would probably say this too. Like, I cannot imagine him playing in the NBA right now. Oh, he couldn't. But I don't know if that's true because the competition right now is not entirely that much crazier than it was then. He played against some legit dudes back yeah. then. So, I mean, him and then AI, like, who was it? There was some quote that was like, um, Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time because Allen Iverson wasn't 6'6". Yeah, I've heard that quote before. So, and by the way, I I think LeBron James is the greatest player of all time, but... I do too. But, um, yeah, Allen Iverson is a very good one. Mm -hmm. That's a good question, though. Mm -hmm, For sure. High school-wise, though... It's hard to say. I mean, it is really hard to say. Trey Jefferson. I'm a big Trey Jefferson it's guy. It's not a, I kill, think a car. kill car. What do you mean he, it's not a kill car? Who it, else? I mean, he it's had probably the, difficult. He had the mixtape, but like he wasn't. He averaged. He averaged. I guess he did. 31, average. six, and five. And he had a 40 in, 48 inch vertical. He's five, six. Five, six. Well, yeah. Muggsy Bogues was a. Uh, was a high school player once. Didn't he? Wasn't he on a really solid? Yeah, team? he was on one of the best teams of all time. We talked. I mean, we m- briefly mentioned that in the first episode. Like, yeah, we did. It was Dun- It was his Dunbar High School. Was his, the name of his high school, and they were undefeated. And they had um, a couple other NBA guys. Reggie, I wonder, Lew- I wonder Reggie he Lewis. Average, probably a lot. Muggsy. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know how. I don't know how he. I mean, we never watched. You can watch Muggsy Bogues highlights, but I want to yeah. know how he did it. Like, 5-3, that's incredible. It is insane. That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you guys are following us on all socials, at Strictly B-Ball on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and leave a comment or review. See you guys next time.